Whoa! My, oh my god, it exploded! Uh, <laughs> Don't cut that out! Hello and welcome to... Today, we are cancelling the podcast! Cancelling the podcast? No, sorry, sorry, that was just the line. Pacific Rim, watch it, I'm in it. Oh, because we're doing Apocalypse movies today. Oh. oh. Wow, okay. What a start, what a start we have here. Um, okay, so welcome to the episode. We are doing apocalypse-themed movies today. Uh, with us, we have Ben and Nihal or Nihal. 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 I should have asked that before we started recording. <laughs> I realized I fucked up, but we are gonna jump right into it. Uh, as usual, uh, you guys have prepared a, a movie and a movie character to help describe your personality. Uh, Nihal, how about you uh, go first? Sure. So. The character that I guess best describes my personality would have to be um, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Um, I think it's funny because Lord of the Rings was probably the first movie I've watched in the medieval Middle, Age, Middle Earth fantasy. And Aragorn really stood out to me as a character because he's this character that's really torn about his identity. He's really torn about his destiny but he has potential to become something so much more greater. And to me, that really appealed. To, like, to, um, it was a character who could do so much more and who's torn about his own identity, but has the potential to be something greater. That's Are deep. you secretly like a prince or a king and we don't know this yet? I don't know. <laughs> I do get a lot of Nigerian prince <laughs> <laughs> The heir to the... No, never mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a movie? Um, I'd say my favorite movie is Gladiator. Uh, it goes back to the whole hero's journey. I really identify with that. I really like the complex interactions between the characters, between the main character, uh, Maximus, who's trying to find his own destiny. And even the fight scenes are a bit uh, exciting. Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> Quite cool. exciting with tigers and such. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, ben, how about yourself? Okay, I uh, I did not go as personal or deep. <laughs> uh, I, the the character I chose is uh, Walter from The Big Lebowski, uh, and uh, I his whole deal kind of resonates with me. I, I get being a guy like his whole thing where I could just see myself being him as an older gentleman, <laughs> you know, and like settling in to that weirdness. Of like, no, everything's wrong. Everything's different. You don't get it. You don't understand. Like, I, I, I can see that. I can see that happening. I mean, that's deep in your own way. Yeah. And I love uh, that scene where he's like, this is what happens. You know, like, this is what happens. This is what happens. You know, it's really, really hilarious. And just the realization. Uh, you guys have both seen the movie, right? Like, yeah. See it. That realization when no what yeah let's keep that All off right, the we'll air i'm the only one who going. hasn't seen it oh my god so anyway it's a fantastic movie and uh, that character is really entertaining and then the movie that uh i don't know i that i want to pick i'm going to pick the movie ready to rumble <laughs> uh it stars one david arquette and scott Kahn. it's an early vehicle for them in which they play, uh, I believe, janitor or not janitors, uh, septic tank uh, pumpers. Even better. Yes. I don't even know about this movie. Septic tank pumpers uh, that love pro wrestling. 
<laughs> Absolutely love it. It sounds familiar. It, they pay, the it was actually a partnership with WCW, and the movie features a lot of WCW wrestlers <laughs> in it. Okay. And the whole thing is centered around them trying to meet Jimmy the King. Uh, and there's all, oh, it's hilarious. And he raps, you know, I'm the king of wrestling. This is totally you. It's so <laughs> Knowing good. who you are, this is totally I, you. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's so dumb and they love wrestling <laughs> and it resonates with me more than I care to admit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, really good. On a slightly related note, WWE's been starting to make a lot of movies recently, yeah. and they made, uh, Jason Momoa did his first directorial debut, huh. which was actually pretty good, I yeah. will say. So That was I, also a post-apocalyptic movie, wasn't it? Or am I thinking... Which one was that? Which, no. which W... They've the, put the out so many. Ones, which right WWE ones? movie was Never it? Never mind. It's the only one with Jason Momoa that I know of. I, uh, name anyway. It, name uh, it. We'll, we'll find out the name. Uh, Link in the description. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, let's make another promise that I won't fulfill. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, I said in the last episode that we'd have cards in the YouTube video that would bring you to, magically bring you to the future episode or future sections of the podcast. Uh, I don't know how to do that. Uh, but in the description, I'm going to put the time codes of what the segments are so you can skip ahead if you want. Uh, on today's episode, uh, speaking of Apocalypse episode, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be putting together teams to save the world, uh, we're going to be talking about Armageddon and Deep Impact, and we're also going to be bringing, or creating our own zombie outbreaks. We can be heroes. <laughs> Already not looking forward to that conversation. <laughs> Boom. Um, so we're going to jump right into our first uh, segment. Uh, Paul, go ahead. All right. Our first segment, uh, we're starting off big this time. Um, I got all three of our, oh, no, sorry, two of our guests, Ben and Nihal, and our host, Carson, to create their, uh, their team to save the world. So uh, they have a team of four uh, to, they, they, they have to get that, that versatility to be able to to protect our planet from any type of natural disaster. Uh, the only restrictions are they cannot have superpowers and uh, it, it is based in uh, current uh, current day, current technology. No, like, uh, I don't know. Elysium. No Elysium. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good example. No Elysium. All of it I could think of. <laughs> no, like, uh, exosuits. No... Um, uh, spoiler alert, uh, there's no, like, Tony Stark can't have his Iron Man suit. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> two of our guests, uh, have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they picked Tony that, Stark? That hurt their, their oh that hurt them. <laughs> Alright, but, uh, you get the idea. These guys, I'm going to be giving them a specific, uh, natural disaster. Maybe some of them not so natural, but uh, we're gonna see how their uh, their save the world teams can handle this. So uh, we are going to start uh, with one of our guests. Uh, we are gonna start with B Ball Ben. Yep. Um. So uh, give me. Uh, so give us a rundown of your team, and then I'm gonna hit you with your natural disaster. Fantastic. My team is full to the brim. With badasses. <laughs> uh, people that bring a lot to the, the table. So we have the character of Hobbs from the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, Katniss Everdeen <laughs> from the Hunger Games. The 
incomparable Sarah Connor <laughs> from Terminator 2. And I'm who was my fourth one? There was a fourth one. It's it's Royce. It's Royce. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> from the movie Predators. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody oh. from the movie Predators. <laughs> I, I had to look up what is actual people don't call each other their names in that movie. There's an off they're dealing with predators. It's that's fair. it. Fair point. Alright. So that's the rundown of my team. Badasses, every single one of them. Tony Stark. What? Iron Man armor? What? Uh, you, any more uh, context before I give nope, you... hit me with it. Oh, boom. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Geostorm that just came out. I'm aware of it. Okay. I haven't seen it either, but I took the synopsis, and this is what is happening to your team. Mm-hmm. Uh... So the ozone has been degraded enough to the to the point where we have created technology to uh, manipulate the weather yes. to our benefit. Mm-hmm. But I'm concerned. that technology has gone haywire. Uh huh. Now it's causing uh, like severe electrical storms, no. hurricanes, uh, earthquakes, whatever. All right. It's causing those types of natural disasters. Yikes. What does your team do? Okay. Interesting. Now, as you know, a lot of what my team would do. Would be so the idea is that they circumvent this or that they live because they're custom built to live. Okay, what uh, so in the in the context of a movie, like where is your success going to be? Is it going to be certainly fantastic? So, save the the most amount of lives, or I think it's attack whoever's uh whoever's taken over this geostorm business, right? They've got the the machine that affects the weather, and we got to get them. Okay, first of all, Hobbs, vehicle guy. Right? And also, international connections. Of course, <laughs> he's hooked in. I forget what police he deals with, but they're the big ones. It's like the Interpol yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> UN ambassador, access to tanks and subs and shit. So, <laughs> you know, T- Hobbs gets in a plane that can also go up to space, because he has access to that, because he's like super cop, right? Brings along a uh, survivalist crazy person, Sarah Connor, with all of her stored weapons that we all know about from Terminator 2 because she's expecting the apocalypse, uh, as well as Katniss Ka- Everdeen with, like, I don't know, like a bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. Whatever, she's bow and arrow. Shoot bow and arrow. She's, just, uh, she's just bringing the bow and arrow into space. <laughs> Who gives a shit? She's carrying Peter yeah. Pete along, too, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And Royce, there as a mercenary, ready to take people on. Uh, they fly up there, F up whoever's doing this, because, of course, if they're going to be doing it, they've got to be doing it from somewhere, right? Uh, now, that's where things get tricky, but fortunately, through Hobbs, Interpol, whatever things, Intelligence he has connections. resources, exactly, he has resources, so okay. he brings in the top scientists, he's coming with a team because he can organize this on an international level, he's got the best, he's got the best, <laughs> so they destroy all these dicks up in the spaceship that's controlling the weather. And they destroy the thing that's going to prevent them from fixing it. And then that's when the world gets saved. The rock lands on the ground. They're just calling him the rock now. It's no longer Hobbs. They've completely disregarded (laughs) any kind of problem with it. And he just starts accepting whatever comes his way. Food, women, men, (laughs) doesn't matter. He's down. Apocalypse saved. Has he saved the world at this point? Yeah, yeah, no. They saved the world. They saved the world. Whoever was doing it has been absolutely devastated. That's not the point. The point is the parade after, where they're all... Straight to the celebration. They're straight in. (laughs) It's a given. It's a given. (laughs) 
they, they, they brought that kind of firepower, the villains just pissed themselves and fell down. <laughs> How good so is the they, rest of your team going to be at celebrating? Huh? Super All right, good. save that, save that, save that. <laughs> okay. We're going to have our time to fight between teams. Okay. okay. Um, I'm going to cut you off there. Fair. I think you've you've said uh, your the gist I, of your... Yeah, you get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go right into... This is a tough one because this is where we have the, the conflict between team members. I'm going to go straight into Carson, uh, our uh, fearless leader. Hit me with your team and I'm going to get you back with your natural disaster. Okay, so not knowing what the scenario is going to be, I tried to go for a little bit of diversity and uh, people who could deal with uh, whatever scenario comes their way. So obviously I started with Tony Stark. Uh, he has electrical and engineering ability. He's able to fix technology. He's able to bring a lot of like electrical uh, intelligence to the team. Um, I also picked Cooper from Interstellar, uh, played by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, you need a pilot on your team. <laughs> Whenever we have a team saving the world, you're, you have a spaceship, you have a craft, you're going, taking a subway to the core like in the core. Um, so you need a pilot, and like, he's a good noble guy. I think he'd be good on a team like this. Um, I also brought in Indiana Jones. Uh, I'm picking Temple of Doom Indiana Jones. Uh, he has a lot of religious and historical knowledge uh, that I think he could bring to the table. And for fourth, I picked Robert Neville, who is played by Will Smith in I Am Legend, uh, who is a virus and chemical and biology expert. So I think regardless of what the scenario is, I think I have an expert covered in this. And uh, a lot of people on my team are good at the sacrifice play, so they're willing to sacrifice themselves for the good of the earth. Uh, I think this is a good team that can get the job done. All right, Carson, your natural disaster is twofold. Um... First of all, you have a a a, a, a very what is it, what the word potent like a very serious uh, disease that a very horrifying health risk that uh, just causes people it's highly infectious and it causes people to just bleed from all their orifices and infect each other um, and just die disgustingly Ooh. and it's horrifying and people can't like deal with it. Ooh. Also, at the same time, in response to the disease to the disease, the US government um, launched a satellite uh, that malfunctioned and took out all the uh, electronics. Uh, it's a worldwide blackout, basically. Don't ask, I don't know the science. It just happened. What does your team do? Okay, so good thing that Tony Stark knows how to create his own power that is self-sufficient. So he can create <laughs> this and put back energy for at least his own devices to help like do research and whatnot. It's like his own heart. But I, I, I think it's a really good thing that I have Robert Neville on my team. Because whatever is causing people to have this virus from their eyes and every orifice of their body... like he's going to be the scientist of like the other three guys are trying to get him the information and all of these guys. So Cooper, uh, Indiana Jones, Tony Stark, like they're really good at kind of the battling part. So if they ever need to go on a mission to invade somebody like evil person's stronghold to get the job done, to figure mm. out the information so that they can get that data back to Robert Neville. Like those are the guys who can do it. Uh, Cooper, he can pilot both like a shitty uh, truck, in like Kansas, like if interstellar <laughs> or a spaceship that's going to go through, uh, you know, outside the solar system. So I think he's going to transport them to wherever we need to go. Tony Stark and Indiana Jones, they don't give a shit about people's lives. And I think when you're facing an end of the world scenario, you need to have somebody who doesn't give a shit about a billion people dying because you need to save the other six billion. And I think everyone on my team is okay with letting a few people die to save the world. So Tony Stark and Indiana Jones, they're going to punch someone in the face. They're going to beat people up to get whatever they need to do 
to eventually come back and save the world, Robert Neville's going to be like the main guy that they're like trying to get the information for. Um, so whatever we need to do, I'm pretty confident that they can get the job done. All right, with time to spare. Uh, any any final words before we go at each other? Uh, well, before I give Nihal his time and then you guys go at each other. So I picked Tony Stark from Iron Man 3, and I'm interested to see what Tony Stark Nihal picked from which movie. Uh, <laughs> Tony Stark from Iron Man 3, he's really the good. The one with PTSD. PTSD, but also and the like... the kid friend. <laughs> yeah, and he gets shit done without the suit. So this is Tony Stark without the suit. This is the knowledge. He can beat people up. He kills people in this movie for wearing the wrong watch. Uh, and Interesting. just a gun and his suit and like not his suit and he gets the job done so he can beat people up and Indiana Jones doesn't need shit except his whip and he's got it so he <laughs> doesn't need technology alright uh, Nihal uh, you're the only one that's left so uh, let's see what your team is and I'm going to also improvise your disaster on the spot so go for it <laughs> <laughs> nice so I picked a team of People would wear different skills, different skill sets, but also a team that would be great if a suicide mission were to go down. I figured these uh, four characters were significantly traumatized to the point that they'd be willing to give their life, but not in a altruistic sense, but more so in a, I don't have anything to lose, so oh, why not? Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Different angle. I just like one of them idea. being a little more wanting to save his life. But So let's get started. Um, my characters are uh, the character Ma Mark Watney, who's played by Matt Damon in The Martian. He's, uh, he has a PhD in plant biology and co conservation. He's an engineer. He, is al he also improvised a lot of his survival situations. And he's which, a botanist. And he's a botanist <laughs> and hydropedologist, which I don't think I need to go into too much detail. But basically, he's the kind of guy that can survive in, the dang in dangerous conditions using his own improvisation and skills. Um, the next character I picked was very similar, was Robert Neville from I Am Legend. He's a virologist, but he's also a tactician and survivalist, which he was able to create his own traps. He was able to predict uh, the movement of the dark seekers or the fictional vampires from the movie. Mm -hmm. He was able to work around those strategies to survive. Um, the next character I picked was the character of John Wick from the movie John Wick. Um, <laughs> One and two. <laughs> yeah. So John Wick, well, is a master tactician. He was in the Marine Corps, which means that he's got a lot of focus. He's spatially aware, well uh, in strategy. He's also a ma master marksman, being able to use any weapon and use the surroundings around him and use the environment as a weapon, which makes him a highly skilled enforcer and a bo bo bodyguard if needed. He's also a very skilled driver, which makes him a good getaway driver or a good getting to the destination driver. And he's also highly skilled in martial arts, which makes him good for defeating human or other opponents. Um, the last team member I picked was Tony Stark from the Iron Man movies. Uh, reason being, he's an engineer. He's skilled in mathematics, physics, chemistry, nuclear science, quantum physics, which makes him the all-around scientific genius of the team. It also means he's able to predict any catastrophe that is very scientific. All right, so um, I saw a lot of science, um, science experience on your team. So I took the science out of that for your natural disaster. Your disaster is a zombie NATO. It's a combi 
combination of a Sharknado <laughs> with a zombie, <laughs> uh, zombie disease or zombie apocalypse. So basically, instead of sharks being launched by the hurricanes of the Sharknado, it's zombies. Uh, what does your team do? So first of all, we'll leverage our scientists in the team, Tony Stark, to come up with some sort of uh, prediction uh, device that can predict uh, predict the, the zombie NATO being able to very similar to the movie Tornado where they use balls to track Twister <laughs> yeah. Twister, yes <laughs> damn it so it, it, I feel like Tony Stark would be capable enough to come up with a way to predict this and to come up with a way to create a force field to protect settlements as needed um, we can use John Wick who's an expert marksman to take down or to use his tactics to neutralize the zombies in the tor that are flying from the sky in the tornado <laughs> using explosives because he's highly skilled in it. Um, I can definitely would definitely want to use uh, Robert Neville's skills as a virologist to come up with either a cure or a, a mass dispersion take uh, a mass dispersion vaccine that neutralizes the zombies so it can be aerially dispersed, which negates the zombies within. The tornado. <laughs> and finally, using Mark Watney's skills, um, in the movie itself, he, he uses a very advanced communication skill to put Tony Stark's scientific genius into communication and to communicate people as the zombie NATO goes their way. Interesting. All right. Um, I'm going to call time on that, and you guys now have two minutes to take apart each other's teams. Don't be nice. Kill each other! Go! Right, so first of all, I just want to say that it disappointed me that Zombie NATO wasn't a zombie North American trade organization. <laughs> That's also what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it bummed me out. I thought, oh man, how are they going to deal with this diplomatic challenge with the undead having all the power? <laughs> uh, second of all, uh, y'all picked a bunch of group of nerds. Uh, y'all nerds going to get stomped. Uh, by my, my testosterone-driven power team <laughs> full of uh, dude bros, bro dudes, lady bros, lady dudes, dude ladies, bro dudes. I think at the end of the day, if you have four people on a team who are trying to save the world, like they can't out-muscle the world against them. Like You need smart people, and you need enough muscle on your team to buy time to get the smart people something that they can uh, solve the mystery. Because you're not solving it by beating up every bad person in the world. You're doing it by beating up enough bad people and somebody solves it through science. Okay, so first of all, watch a movie. Every single <laughs> punches science in the face. Every single one of them punches science in the face. That's the answer. That's the answer to every movie. Oh, you nerd! You know? Uh, watch Independence Day. Sure, yeah, it, it's based on them having a USB key, but you know what gets in there? Big old swinging dick. Okay. Big issue I have with your team is name one time in the Fast and Furious franchise where yep. Hobbs ever used his police power to bring any type of other resource other than himself into the, the he fold. He constantly has other resources. Where's one he, time. He's pulling these tanks out of his butthole? How is he getting them? When? Every car he's ever driven is not his car. Every gun he's ever gotten. But that's not is... a special power of his. Like anyone who's in the yeah, Fast and the Furious franchise is like, oh, here's a fucking Lamborghini look, that's out of nowhere. Just because, <laughs> well, why not? Special powers. Well, they stole it. Obviously. Part of your explanation involved Tony Stark can generate his own power. He does in the taking... movie. He does, but is that not a superpower? Are we not? Uh... At what point does Tony Stark's intelligence? It was allowed by transfer... the judge. Was it? It was allowed, it by, was the allowed, judge. allowed by the judge. It was allowed the by the judge. The suit is not allowed. Not, I don't allow the, the suit. Not allowed. Like, the suit's but not he in. can. The power source is the suit. If he can generate the power source, 
out of again bibbity bobbity boo I have a power <laughs> source now which I don't know and that's I, the I explanation we got the ability to create a power source is feasible I, I, I really After question your ability to leverage like some I mean you can attack like, outer it. space abilities he literally has some he's literally I don't think Interpol has engaged. the ability to go to space <laughs> <laughs> to, to fight the geostorm in no way would this geostorm not result in international collaboration that was previously unforeseen, okay? And also... Hey, hey, hey! John, <laughs> with a pencil? Hops. Okay. They're oh, not no. fighting one another. Not I'm going to go more another. towards the Hulk because I think your team is all brawn, no brains. You can't also, solve the world You apocalypse. also both pick nerd loners, okay? <laughs> you pick nerd... Uh, okay, Neville's great, but that whole thing is about his sense of loneliness and isolation. He's not a collaborator. If anything, he becomes a monster. That's the point of that movie. Why would you choose a monster scientist on your teams? It's crazy. I think it's more picking a survivalist. Someone who's willing to stake the odds to win. I think the points I'm going to get in against Forced. Unahol is we basically have John Wick and Mark Watney versus Indiana Jones and Coop from Interstellar. Both loners. I'm going to take my <laughs> I don't know. I never saw their ability to try to save the world where I, John, I think John Wick's trying to save himself. And Mark Watney is only there to save himself. And he, his technical ability overlaps too much with Neville for him to be a diverse contribution to the team. Uh, <laughs> John Wick, a pencil. God damn yeah. it. Now, I think the distinction here is who, who can beat up who? John Wick versus Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, afraid of snakes. John Wick... Going to jam a snake down someone's throat and then jam another snake of the butt and then those snakes are going to be in the middle. I, I see John Wick trying <laughs> to take out his the gun. Zombie and then, then they're dead. They're dead. The, the snakes touch each other and then it's like... And then they blow up. And that's just what John Wick can do. Indiana Jones is also very good with the gun. Very good with the gun. The guy with the sword came out. He's like... Whoosh, whoosh, One minute Jones like Nobody... Done. Okay, so... If it's devolved to the difference maker between the two of you is who's got the badasses, my team's all badasses. But what's their intelligence? What do they, they know? They have collaboration. They're people that engage other people. You're, you're accusing us of being loners and you have Sarah Connor on your team. Sarah Connor had a network of other survivalist nutjobs. When? That she, when they go to 30 their second survivalist nutjob friends and that's where her weapons what are stashed. What movie is this? Terminator 2. <laughs> The one that I'm referencing. When in Terminator 2? When they're on the run from the machine. The whole thing. Seconds. Go to the survivalist. Anyway. All I'm saying is... Final all, arguments. All Everyone. my dudes are badasses. You guys picked a bunch of nerd loners that couldn't fix shit. Alright, that was B-Ball's final argument. Carson, final argument. Uh, my team is diverse. They have uh, in competencies, both intellectual and physical, in different realms. And they can use that to work together as a team. Time. Car uh, sorry, Neil, for the final argument. I was going to go with diversity and the ability to, to, to do what they're good at. But also, a lot of arguments were made about people being selfish. But John Wick, selfish or not, he was forced to be in those circumstances. If sent into circumstances where he had to put himself over others, he would. John Wick murdered a hundred people because someone killed his dog. <laughs> time, 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 time. Hundred okay. assassins. Time. While I uh, deliberate, I'm going to kick it to uh, B-Ball for his audio clip. Uh, I need to... <laughs> I'm going to need some time to think about this, uh, the winner for this one. Uh, what can you tell us about your audio clip for that you've 
chosen for this episode. Fantastic. Well, this is Walter from uh, The Big Lebowski, and uh, it really encapsulates both the, uh, the negatives and some of the endearing positives of, uh, of Walter from The Big Lebowski. Uh, I don't know how this segment works. Carson, are you going to play the clip? Or, uh, fantastic. Here we go. That wasn't her toe, dude. <laughs> Whose toe was it, Walter? What the fuck should I know? I do know that nothing about it indicates... Yeah, the nail a... polish, Walter. Fine, dude. As if it's impossible to get some nail polish, apply it to someone else's toe. Someone else? Where the fuck are they going to get... You want a toe? I can get you a toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it, believe me. Yeah, but Walter... Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. It's fucking amateur. Walter. They sent us a toe. We're supposed to shit ourselves with fear. Jesus Christ. Walter. Now, the point is... They're going to kill her, Walter, and then they're going to kill me. Dude. That's... That's just the stress talking, man. Now, so far, we have... What appears to me to be a series of victimless crimes. What about the toe? Forget about the fucking toe! Excuse me, sir. Could you please keep your voices down? This is a family restaurant. Oh, please, dear. For your information, the Supreme Court has roundly rejected Walter, prior restraint. This is not a First Amendment thing, sir, man. If you don't calm down, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Lady, I got buddies who died face down in the muck so that you and I can enjoy this family restaurant. All right, I'm out of here. Hey, dude, don't go away, man. Come on, this affects all of us, man. Our basic freedoms. I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. Okay, so uh, I feel like that clip, it's mine. I picked it. <laughs> and uh, in a lot of ways, towards the end there, that is kind of how I feel when I interact with people. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way, where like you have that awkward interaction, and then you can't leave. You gotta stay and enjoy that coffee. <laughs> you gotta stay and enjoy that coffee. I'm not gonna leave, and then you still have an outburst, like in front of everyone, but you still can't leave because for some reason that would mean that I don't know. They, I like that very subtle, sort of like. Ugh. And then yeah. it just goes back to like, I'm... Yeah, yeah. oh yes. I'm not bothered. All right, quiz time for a social, me social media update for that clip specifically. Um, our question for this month is, what are both characters in the scene wearing that match each other? What are they wearing on their person? Uh, if you get it right, who knows? You might be the next guest on Houston. We have a podcast if you really want to be on it. Um, it hasn't been working thus far, but hey, if you want to, it's that easy. Um, going back to our first segment, um, it was tough to pick a winner between these three Save the World teams, so I'm going to give each of these teams a twist in their movie. And uh, depending on how well these teams uh, deal with this twist is uh, how I'm going to have to decide on the winner. So I'm going to start with Nihal because you were last. Um, your twist. So your natural disaster was the zombie NATO. Uh, it's not a trade agreement. <laughs> um, John Wick's dead wife and Tony Stark's uh, love interest Pepper Potts. They have been zombified and they have been thrown from a hurricane at their lovers. Tornado. 
from a hurricane, from a tornado, zombie nato hurricane. Hey, look, the science doesn't make sense in the movie either. Okay? They get thrown. Um, John Wick is devoured by his dead wife because he's overcome with emotion. Tony Stark has been bitten, not devoured. He's been bitten by Pepper. Uh, what does your team do? So now in this case, um, they're shocked that John Wick's dead because he was the best hope for us uh, to get some muscle. But at this point in time, Robert Neville, who just lost his family to the zombie NATO, uh, he's, he's, grie- he's grief-stricken, he's very selfish, but he, in that face of that adversity, he begins to realize what they're going through and he relates to it. And so he forces Tony Stark to snap out of his of his despair and his paranoia and gets him to snap out of it and get back into the game. And they work together to continue the mission as planned. Uh, uh, Mark Watney also uses his experiences to help persuade Tony Stark to make one last-ditch effort to save the people. Oh, okay. Saving 10 seconds. Mm B-Ball, your team. Um, Your... Oh, sorry, your twist. It turns out Royce from Predators... He has actually caused this geostorm. He has taken over the uh, the weather equipment to uh, take over the world because he is a bounty hunter. He's a slimy character. What does your team do? One minute, go. Fantastic. Okay, sensing that he's bad, Katniss Everdeen knocks an arrow, turning as uh, uh, Royce tries to maniacally turn the machine back on the planet. She shoots an arrow through the air. It pierces Royce straight through his dastardly eye socket. Meanwhile, Hobbs is standing off to the side, flexing because he knows it's already done. There's nothing for him to do. (laughs) And Sarah Connor, as well, kind of shoots a couple rounds into Royce. Just because why not? She's got to get her rocks off somehow. (laughs) And then they're done. Fuck you, Royce. You're off the team. How does the Geostorm end? The Geostorm ends because they knock the controller out of his dead hand. (laughs) And then they stop the Geostorm. 15 seconds. Your teams are punks. (laughs) (laughs) Your teams are punks. That's all right. You you nailed it from... Okay. Teams. (laughs) All right. Carson's turn. I'm going to cut you off right there. Carson's team. Uh, Your disaster was a worldwide blackout slash disease. Uh, Tony Stark has been working on his uh, way to create power for the world so they they can create their uh, vaccination. Uh, Indiana Jones walks into his lab. Tony Stark turns dramatically. He's bleeding from the eyes and nose. He's infected. What does your team do? Go. I mean, fuck it. He wants to die anyway. Indiana Jones is going to take that weapon and be like, Tony Stark's dead. Who gives a shit? Uh, Tony, uh, Indiana Jones, Robert Neville are going to solve it because they're scientist people. They know shit. Uh, I don't think, like, that's actually a, a better for me because Tony Stark was kind of useless because of the EMP to begin with. Uh, so, <laughs> honestly, like, you could kill every other person on my team. Indiana Jones is going to fucking save the world because that's what he does. Uh, he's going to bring out some mystical religious uh, artifact that's just going to save the world. Uh, all these... Dead people. We just needed Robert Neville to save them from the uh, the scenario. Anyway, uh, Tony Stark's uh, weakness is mitigated, uh, and we have all the strengths of my team with none of the weaknesses anymore. So we're all good. Fifteen seconds. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no, uh, your teams are wussies and nerds from Carson. Uh, B-Ball's team has no brains, and Nihal's team is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm really concerned about Sharknado or uh, Zombie Nato. Uh, this. 
political scenario. Time! Uh, and that's an advertisement for the uh, Apple timer uh, alarm. Um, okay. Again, this was very tough for me to decide. It's even harder because I have to decide it on the spot and not during the break. Uh, but I did that to myself. So, um, I based this off mostly what is the most entertaining movie. Um, and I'm going to have to say that this is the first tie that we've had in uh, Houston. We have a podcast. Um, hold on. Let me pull up my notes here. <laughs> I don't know why I put them away. This could be the longest episode we've ever done. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so, our first Thai uh, team is uh, B-Ball with uh, the, the all-muscle team. Um, I think they, 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 I feel like they handled uh, the, the, uh, the villain uh, who turned out to be Royce with great... Um, it was, uh, is is very dramatic, and um, the ending was quite the climax. Uh, I have to give it to him. Uh, and also, it was a tie between... Uh, sorry. Oh, my God. I can't speak English. It was a tie between B-Ball's team with the muscle and Nihal's team <laughs> with the science. So it was like one, one uh, extreme versus the other. Um, I just feel like... It, all across the board, the uh, <laughs> the disasters weren't quite dealt with, but as a movie, it was more entertaining to see um, uh, the the heroes on these teams uh, deal with their disasters and not quite succeed, but also uh, have fun and die, mostly. It's not the best explanation, but uh, I'm going to kick it to Carson for our next segment. I just want to gloat about that at all before we go on. I mean, it's your show, so I'm sure you're just kind of, you know, basking in it. So okay, I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've won the most amount of challenges on this show. <laughs> this cool. Not today, though. Yeah, what's up? Boom. Oh, yeah. What the fuck you guys? Yeah. Um, all right, so our next segment, let's... Uh, <laughs> I might not be here next episode. <laughs> let's tone down the intensity a little bit here. Uh, next segment, we're just we're just having a conversation here. Uh, we're talking about two movies with a very similar subject that were released within two months of each other, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Paul, why the fuck are we talking about Armageddon and Deep Impact? I know you're asking me this because I chose these two movies, <laughs> and I will tell you, because... I hate uh, both of these movies. You know what? They're both bad. But you know what? Also, they're both... Bad. <laughs> look, okay. So this is the thing. Back when, even when I was a young lad, when these first came out, was it 1995? Circa 1996, 1997. I was a young child. I enjoyed stupid things. Uh, I will admit, Armageddon was the first movie that I ever saw in theaters twice. <laughs> hey. It was. Twice? Yep. Wow. I mean, I didn't understand all the jokes, but... You really didn't want to close your eyes. <laughs> you didn't want to fall asleep, because you missed that movie. Hey. And you don't want to miss Armageddon. With those animal crackers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That does not age well. <laughs> it, does, it does not it age well. terribly. Especially in this, uh, this climate of... Um, 
Like, um, it, pe- treating people as people. And, uh, like, sexual harassment as, uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> sexual yeah. molestation with uh, Rockhound, the character Rockhound. Yes, um, yes. Rockhound has three references to liking him young in the first 30 <laughs> minutes of that movie. But anyways, aside from that, okay. these movies are very similar. It was, like, it was the beginning of, like... What came first? It was like two movies about uh, asteroids coming to hit Earth. Uh, we have to save the planet. Uh, the, another like movie, like combination of movies that I remember was like Ants versus a Bug's Life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like what? Like close. Did these who bit who? Which one was better? That's why I thought like let's let's figure it out right now. So I want to talk about my experience rewatching Armageddon because I saw it once when I was younger and it. I hadn't seen it until, again, recently. Uh, There's the first scene where they start off there in space, and there's astronauts, and then immediately they fucking die. There's, like, like mini asteroids coming and blowing them apart. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting, because, like, obviously this is a scene where Billy Bob Thornton is... He's having a dream about fearing losing people, and he's like, oh, they're building some type of character. And in that second... I judged the movie with, I gave it way more credit than it ever <laughs> that it would actually build. That's before up. any of the main characters. But that's just how it starts. Is like people fucking die, the world's ending, and then it immediately goes to some homeless guy walking his dog on the streets of New York, and it's like, and then you're reminded that it's a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, <laughs> explosions. Yeah, explosions. You know what? It's like stereotypes, explosions, boom, action. It's so bad. The thing that drives me nuts about Armageddon is that the basic concept is flawed, right? (laughs) Because I don't buy that, oh, you can't teach an astronaut to drill the way that these guys are drilled. (laughs) They're going to just learn your astronaut stuff. Like, that doesn't make any friggin' sense. I don't, like, I do respect the drilling profession, but I think an astronaut can pick it up. I, do. Like, I don't think any drillers are listening to this podcast. And of uh, course, I've worked like, with drillers before, actually. Yeah. All right, and drill- I can say I very confidently you know, disrespect the profession. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure an astronaut can learn it. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely good. And at least in the movie Deep Impact, the nerds look like nerds, right? <laughs> like that guy that's like gets in the car crash at the beginning of Deep Impact as he's driving away from. He's like a science person. He's a science person. They're all dorks. They've got bad hair and bad clothes. You watch Armageddon, and you know they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna save this science thing, and then I'm gonna play guitar. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot a gun at a cop." You know, like speaking of guns, by the way, like. The, the, one of the biggest problems I had, su- surprisingly, one of the biggest problems I had with Armageddon is that there were so many guns on the asteroid. Like one gun. No, there was two guns. Was two they, guns? Had, they had a minigun on oh, the, the drill. Where, uh, Steve Buscemi goes crazy and he's yes. like fucking shooting it. The, uh, the drill okay. machine. Yeah, they, they had a machine that was designed to drill, which had a minigun on it. <laughs> yep. And then inside the spaceship, the captain had a I, pistol. I, yeah, I... I, I, I Full disclosure, I elected not to watch the last quarter of the movie again. Well, Uh, this is from my memory, because I've seen it twice in theaters, again. Right, right. I'm putting myself out there. It's your favorite movie. It's your favorite movie. 
Now, have you seen any other movie twice in theaters? That I have seen Spider-Man Two. Okay, <laughs> which Spider-Man which one? Two? Spider-Man Two. No, like Spider-Man like um, Sam Raimi. No, no, no. Spider-Man. Sam Raimi. Spider-Man Two. Okay, that's that's the correct. That's okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you, guys. I get to keep my job as coach. Punched. But it's like they have a minigun on the the drill machine and then the captain has a pistol and then i think the best line to uh describe this is like the guy named chick his name yeah, is chick chick it's like what are you doing with a gun in space <laughs> that that's his line verbatim okay what are you doing with a gun in space the other thing that drives me nuts about this and i there's got to be something that happened that resulted in two movies coming out where the plot is that there's an asteroid coming to Earth, <laughs> and that the only solution is to fly people up there. And then nuke and it. And then, no, not just nuke it. Not just nuke it. Drill. <laughs> Drill into the <laughs> asteroid, and then nuke it. And quite frankly, Deep Impact seems like they answered the problem I had with Armageddon. Because they don't get a group of roughneck drillers <laughs> to go up into space. They just take astronauts with, like, chilled astronaut stuff. To get it done. And they're better for it. Well, the thing is, between um, Deep Impact and uh, Armageddon, I was thinking about this, like, it's... They have the same solution, but the the, the tone of the movie is, like, oh, the Deep yeah, Impact... Oh, yeah, the tone is so different. Well, no, it, like... <laughs> so, no, no, I'm not being sarcastic. No. It's so different. It is, exactly. Like, it's more scientific, like... But aside from sarcastic, no, no, very different tone, absolutely yeah, different no, tone. But like in Deep Impact, it's more about like the people that are being affected by like this tragedy and like, yeah. oh, how are we dealing it, dealing with it back on Earth? Deep and Impact, then, the last half of Deep Impact bums me out because <laughs> it feels like every character is just dealing with death. Yeah, like I am going to die. It's like how half the I'm world dies. Absolutely going to die. There's yeah. no question. I will be dying. And what do you do? Whereas I was watching it and I was like, yeah, everyone's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. And on the other hand, Armageddon, when half the world dies, like half the world dies in each yeah. movie. But in Armageddon, when half the world dies, it's like Asia and like yeah. it's nameless people on well, their like fishery. Fishery. The only other way that they show it is through the emotional impact that it has on Liv Tyler specifically. <laughs> Right? Anything happens, and it's not that the world's in trouble. It's like, no, that's my boyfriend. No, like, that's my father. Yeah, that's my father. I'm going to be over here super bummed out. First of all, why is she in there? <laughs> right? She has nothing to contribute. She's just there to be like, oh, man. Oh, she's, she's in the control pretty, room. Yeah, it's pretty bummed out. She's there so that they could have a female character. Yes. Yeah, we, we talked about this a bit. So there's this thing online called the Bechdel Test. And it's really straightforward to pass, but Armageddon does not do it. So it needs to pass three things. It needs to have, like, two named female characters. They need to talk to one another, and it can't be about a dude. Okay? And Armageddon doesn't pass it whatsoever. Deep Impact gets that sorted out eight minutes in. That's I counted true. it. No, that's true. Literally yeah. eight minutes in. Two women have a conversation, they're both named characters, and they don't give a fuck about guys in that moment, because they got their own shit going on. There are three women in Armageddon. One is the captain of uh, one of the spaceships. Who's the third? Who's good? Wait, the let me finish. Number two is Liv Tyler. Yes. Number three is the wife of the guy that discovers the asteroid oh, in the beginning of the movie. Dottie. Yes, Dottie, in the Wait. beginning of the movie, Wait. and he calls her a life-sucking bitch. No, there's a fourth. <laughs> there's a fourth. 
There's a fourth. Remember Is it the when? Stripper? No, no. When Chick goes and oh, like his wife. explains, yeah, his wife. He explains, oh, I gotta go. Uh, they never talk to each other. No woman ever speaks to another woman in that movie. It does pass the one part of it of. Two named characters because the yes, wife is dying. But they don't speak to each other. They don't no, they never to speak other. to one another, and they only ever speak to men. But <laughs> at least there's four there's four women characters. Whereas in Deep Impact, it's like a women character utopia. There's like <laughs> you know a main woman character, subset women characters, like tertiary women characters I, of different ethnicities. I will give that. Uh, sorry, were you gonna say something? Oh, I mean, I was just find it really surprising. How the destruction of Manhattan and you know, the scenes, the explosions were so generically similar to the Transformers movie. <laughs> so, Michael Bay just saved the footage from the from Armageddon and then he so, put it over yeah, to Transformers. Interesting fact about these two movies: the same special effects company did both of them. And Boom! The <laughs> fucking worst special effects I can say. The wave in Deep Impact is hilariously oh, bad. bad. It's oh really no wait, bad. they no, did the same. It's on. really bad. I don't know. I maybe it's because at that point I'm just staring at those characters like, that, oh my god, oh my god, they're gonna die. That's they the thing. chose to die. This is Tia Lily and her dad dying not, right now. Let's not exaggerate this. This is like Deep Impact is still a bad movie. The I don't know, dialogue okay. is not very good. The characters the do not make go, sense. It's like, like hey, I'm Elijah Wood. I'm a 12 year old kid. I'm just gonna give up my life because. I'm noble, and uh, no, no one even replaces him. But it's insanity. <laughs> also, you, what would you do? What how you old do, do you there's think? There's a 300 foot tidal wave coming at you, Carson. How old do you You're think Elijah Wood is in this movie? Pardon? How old is Elijah Wood in this movie? Like, like 14. 16? He's 17 when this movie was filmed. He looks like a 12 year old. That's well. He that's looks like fine. a twelve year old now. I understand <laughs> what that's like. Okay, in life, I understand. <laughs> if I, I just this got beard? ID today, getting the beer for this <laughs> podcast. I would ID you. <laughs> like, I would be like, all right, come on, buddy. He's like, I'm I'm almost 30 years old. Like, come but, on, come on. But, like, the thing is, like, what B-Ball mentioned is, uh, like, you're, when you're, the characters are dying on the earth, like, the, the girl, Tia Leone and her father, nameless father. Sorry, Neil. Um, <laughs> you care about them because uh, when the... But it's really stupid that they die, and then the world is saved immediately right after that, that it's like they didn't have to die. It's they kind just of have to go a little bit inland. And you're no, fine. but actually, the thing and is, they like... Couldn't. They couldn't survive. The thing is, like, if well, there's I mean, a Leone could have survived. There's yeah. a reason why, because like half the world has to die because like the astronauts failed and like half the asteroid has to hit the world, and uh, it makes sense. Um, it does. Like, it's not even half the world; it's just like the East Coast. Of yeah, whatever. It, it only America matters in these <laughs> movies. <laughs> uh, what, okay, I do want to bring up another thing about this though: is that uh, the the treatment of Asian people <laughs> in in Armageddon is completely absurd because they are only represented twice <laughs> in the whole freaking movie. The first time is like these weird, like I guess we, we're supposed to give it a pass because it's like the ni- late 90s, right? <laughs> and Japanese people didn't talk English or whatever, uh, but they're successful Japanese businessmen on a oil driller and not only do they not understand <laughs> English, but they're completely oblivious to tone. Because here's Liv Tyler and her father having a knockdown drag out fight. Sure, it's in English, but you know, they're not like, oh, it's in English. I can't tell they're yelling. 
Like, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, Harry! Oh, big American style! Like, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, And at that point, they're covered in oil, and the oil rig almost blew up, and there's been shotgun blasts in the interim. See, what I don't get about that is, he clearly shoots at pipes. How do these pipes not rupture? How do they not rupture? How did, that's how how another killed off. someone. Another pop bottle killed someone. Like these these uh, Japanese uh, investors somehow don't notice that shotguns are going off. And <laughs> yeah, like, they're just totally cool with it. And the fact that there's crude oil coming out of the water, they're like, oh, those, yeah, those silly Americans. Yeah, they're just getting it done. We're excited because we're okay. in the business. Okay, time out. Let's okay, let's talk about what's good about these movies. Wait, wait, Is there wait, anything? Wait, another criticism. Michael okay, Bay, fine. Yeah. Having, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Bay having a cameo in that movie as a scientist. Oh, totally what? unnecessary. Actually, no, he is. He is. He has a cameo. That is hilarious. He does like. There's, there's four pictures. Like, oh, look how big this asteroid is. This is the asteroid at 1655. Oh my this god, I gotta go back and rewatch that. What <laughs> like, do we have any idea If you don't know what is. Michael Bay looks like, you I know never exactly notice. what he looks. Okay, like. this was one of his first movies, though, right? It was like, yeah. Like, he wasn't super famous at this point, right? Yeah, so he could put himself in the movie. Yeah. Right. I, I feel think... like that was a subtle thing for him. But yeah, yeah. no, Nihal, like... Like I how um, uh, Taika Waititi was the voice in a Thor Ragnarok. I love that. And I, I don't think that. a lot of people would have known that because he's still kind of not that famous. Also, oh yeah. But Also, I haven't seen it yet. I would oh, feel like he added a lot of character it. to his role. Who, not Michael Taika? No, Taika with Oh, okay, I was going to say. Like, Michael Bay was just there because... He just yeah. looks at the camera. I feel like a, a lot of directors do that. Like, even Alfred Hitchcock did that in a lot of his movies. And it's, like, it's a pretty common thing for directors to put themselves in their movies. So I'll give that a pass. Like, there's a lot of shit I can blame Michael Bay for. But, like, that's <laughs> not one of them that I'll get too much into. Okay, but, okay. So aside from all of this, like, what was good about these movies? So, okay, uh, Deep Impact, I'll just say, like... I really, as much as it's a kind of a mind trip that the second half of the movie is people dealing with their own mortality, I feel like that's appropriate. And, like, people make crazy decisions. <laughs> like, and I think I would do that. Like, I think I would make those decisions. Like, I would I would spray marry a woman, like, would, fast, just to save someone. Oh, I thought you said spray No, like, marry spray, a woman. like, I would just quickly marry, like, if I was Elijah Wood, I would try to fast marry Lily Sobieski. Uh, just to save someone. I mean, I, I would try to marry Lily Sobieski if the word world wasn't ending. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I could see doing those things that would seem crazy, but honestly, I would do it. Like, I, I feel like I would. And, like, uh, Armageddon? And that's... See, I don't know. <laughs> that's where I hold deep impact over Armageddon, but on the other hand, Armageddon is, like, it's an action movie, period. Like, there's no... Yeah. There's not really characters. It's like characters that you want to laugh at or like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. Except for like the two that's like, oh, it's sad. He's giving himself up. Bruce Willis. Spoiler yeah. alert. But like on the other hand. If they haven't seen the movie before watching. But yeah, like on the, on the other hand, like Deep Impact, it's like all, like more than one character, more than two characters you like care about when they're dying because like it's, there's a reason they're like, not the reason they're dying, but like it's. It's they're they're coming to terms with them dying with themselves dying. So take deep impact out of the equation. Is there anything good we can say about Armageddon, Mister? I've seen it twice in theaters. <laughs> Do you know yeah, uh, Animal Cracker Steve? <laughs> oh my no. god! Oh god! <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't know. I don't no, know I, I will say it. this: like the 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 dialogue, like the script, 
I, I'm gonna sound like a snob right now. No, the script is actually very good because it's no look. Listen, listen to me. Wait, listen to me. Give an example. Look, look one example. It, it gives you a good idea of who everyone is without like hitting you over the head. Okay, I love the <laughs> montage scene. I love that. No, that's like, good that's too. Silly. No, good but fun. I mean like okay. Give me. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, it's it's so natural where like it's what these characters would actually say. It's like these rough like roughneck quote-unquote, like, um, I'll give you an example, I said that already, uh, Bruce Willis and Chick are on the, like, on the, uh, oil rig, and they're, like, hitting golf balls at the, the Greenpeace people, mm-hmm. and he's, like, uh, he's, Chick is it advising Bruce Willis, like, um, oh, guess what, one of these drills did something unexpected yesterday, and then he's, like, Bruce Willis is, like, oh, which one, and he's, like, oh, number two, uh, guess who did it? And he's like, I don't know. I'll give you two guesses, but you only need only need one. God damn it, AJ! And then it sets up perfectly. Like Bruce Willis and AJ Ben Affleck, aka Batman. They're like it's one one guy versus the other. Like <laughs> aka Batman. <laughs> no, but like for ben it's not like oh you hate AJ and you hate Bruce Willis. It's not like. Uh, spelled out for you. It's like, it's a good, it's like... I guess that might be a matter of opinion, because for me, that's hitting over the head with it. That's my, uh, oh, man. What I would call a subtle and appropriate character is Oscar Choice. <laughs> when, uh, so they're, they're giving their demands to what they want from the uh, the government, and he says, hey, I have a bunch of parking tickets. And it's like, he's like a, he's a rebel, he's an outlaw, he has a bunch of parking tickets because he doesn't listen to people. And that's it's like, like that's completely all on need. the other side. That's all you need, and you don't need much else to explain the character, and everything else is just way too much. But I'm speaking from, like, the dumb audience perspective. <laughs> I found the psychology and the physical tests, that whole scene, just... Like the montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Montage. yeah. The Michael the Clark Duncan in that was hilarious. Yeah. The what? Yeah. The Michael Clark Duncan part where they're, the like, testing him physically... <laughs> And, and he like strips down to uh, his yeah, he strips down to his underwear, and he's like, "What about this?" You know, and it's like, "Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan, show him." Like, <laughs> as a heavy set guy, I'm like, "Yeah, I might not be able to run, but I'm okay." <laughs> like, oh yeah, what about this? Like, I appreciate that. I like that. I don't know, but I mean, like, okay, so like, even with that, and what you were saying, Nihal, like the, everything that they're talking about when in Armageddon, all these guys that are going on the the spaceship, like. It sounds like what these guys would actually say. It's not like a, we're not in a movie. It's I, okay, like, so here's the thing: I I have a problem with that. I just slight problem, and the problem is that I've never heard anyone speak like anyone <laughs> in that movie. Like, and it's very natural, but maybe I just don't engage. As someone who has worked with oil rig people, I can say this is exactly how they sound. Okay. See, exactly. But, okay, my go. problem there is not with those people. It's the NASA people who are supposed to be smart. I'm with you on this 100%. <laughs> the fact that the oil rig people speak the same as the NASA people, yeah. that's the problem. I Okay, I wouldn't say they speak the same. Like, there's... They, they make the... They make the dis- distinction pretty well, I think. It, even if it's small. I don't it, know. I, I, the NASA people don't make logical sense. Okay? <laughs> for <laughs> being NASA people. They're for being NASA people, yes. Uh, yeah, like, they, they absolutely don't. Like, it, the idea... First of all, I, I don't know why this bugs me so much, and I don't know why I'm... Today, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for uh, just Asian people in general. Hey, but, I'm right there with yeah, you, buddy. Yeah. How are there not any Asian people employed at NASA? 
Okay? Because it's that's not a real NASA. ridiculous thing. Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's there. He's the head of NASA. And he looks like he's going to freaking shoot a hole in a stop sign and just drive by <laughs> on his pickup truck. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. We need to cut this conversation off. Uh, this I'm about getting very passionate about Twice this. as long as I thought this conversation was going on. I thought there was nothing much to say about these two movies, but I guess there is. Uh, so we're going to move right along. Uh, Niha, your audio clip. Uh, why don't you give us a, a quick introduction to what you want to show here? Perfect. So my audio, audio clip is actually the speech that, um, forget his name, President Whitmore from Independence Day. Yeah. The speech that he gives yes. to the troops who are about to go into this big battle uh, to inspire them, to get them ready. I felt that this clip really applied to me because it it, it speaks to me because it speaks to the current situation. And I feel like this speech, if it was uh, revamped, recut, and said again, it could inspire a lot of people given current circumstances. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that... Words should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation, we're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Uh, thanks for that clip, Nahal. Uh, our question for the audience is, uh, what moment from Independence Day Resurgence did you like? <laughs> are there any? I don't think there are. Uh, time oh. out. Pop quiz, asshole. Okay. I actually remembered this time. Okay. All three of you, Nihal, Bibal, Carson, you guys have one minute, one minute to name as many characters as you can from the Resident Evil franchise. This is going to be a good lead into our next segment. And go. What's the main girl's name? Albert no Wesker, oh Alice, oh Claire God. Redfield, oh Eddie God. Redfield. Oh my God. Uh, Jill Valentine. Deformed Monster Man. Uh, I'll accept that. Nemesis. One. Zombie Dog. Who does Jorah Mormont play? Albert Wesker. Wow. I will not accept Jorah Mormont. Grim Darko. I will not accept that. Uh, Both versions of Alice. Parker, the real person and Parker the person that's The Red Queen, the White Queen. I'll accept Red Queen. God. Both versions of Alice I will Parker not accept. Posey. 30 seconds. Uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, the guy who plays Magi from Mummy. 
Uh, he's in one of them. What's his character's name? I don't remember. I will accept what he does in the movies. Lilu. He's a mercenary. I'll accept that. Uh, Did you say Lilu? Yeah. <laughs> we already got Alice. I don't know what characters. <laughs> Lilu Dallas Multipass. Yeah, <laughs> ten seconds. Um, you get one more character and you have ten. Three. Who's the other two, girl? Who's one. Like the no. like Time! Alright. Oh, there he goes. Um, so I, I was very generous. Uh, I think three, at least three of them were not the characters' names, but, uh, yeah, that was just to point out that there are no characters. I would have accepted there are none. I didn't even remember that Alice was her name. That's Yeah, I think, I think there's a clear winner on this one. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, Nihal... You won because nah, that's not. Yeah, team. Alice. Alice <laughs> yeah. was like, "What? It's a little oh, bit of shame. oh, her name was Alice." Okay, it's it's a win, but not really a win. No, it's a it's a clear win I with know. two losers. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, to be honest, the only character I thought about was Alice. Everything else was just a radio game. Exactly. No, and you got it. I mean, we all thought about Alice. <laughs> um, okay, next segment: zombie outbreak. So. Each of you guys have prepared a scenario for us. What we have developed here is uh, each of you have picked a death scene from a movie and you have picked a zombie serum. So the, the scenario I've given you is imagine you are a mad scientist trying to create a zombie outbreak to kill the most amount of people, ideally the whole planet. And so you are going to the scene of a, a movie death scene of your choosing. Uh, has to be on Earth, nothing from the future. Uh, and you are going to be kind of sniping them with a tranquilizer gun with a certain zombie serum uh, and that's going to be your patient zero and you're going to create the zombie outbreak to destroy the world so uh, I am I'm going to give you some criteria after this but I'm going to give you just a couple minutes to introduce what scene you picked and why um, so how about uh, Ben you go first fantastic so I've picked the truly terrifying Rage virus from 28 weeks later, zombies. 28 weeks later, not 28 days later, because 28 weeks later, the zombies have a certain je ne sais quoi, <laughs> wherein they have it's a, good choice. It's a, a good bit choice. of a, like a targeted, kind of like, I'm pissed at that person kind of vibe to them. Yep. Uh, and the timeline, or the death that I chose was from the Oliver Stone classic JFK. And it's JFK. The moment when his head snaps back and to the left, he then devours Jackie Onassis in front of a stunned crowd of thousands that turned up to see him. Oh my God. And as they turn on the crowd, full of rage virus. <laughs> There's, I don't know, several thousand rage Virus zombies created immediately in Texas, and they spread throughout North America and South America. <laughs> I will save my argument. Just a, one clarification here. Um, the fact that JFK's brain is destroyed partially during this assassination is not a factor here. Oh, You're that's my argument! That whoever the patient zero is, is successfully has become a zombie. Alright, so that's fine. That, Thank that you. That's still fine. Thank that, you, Carson. That's still fine. Um, thank you. Very fair. That's still fine. Very okay. fair. So, thank you for that. Uh, Nihal, how about yours? Alright, so the death scene I picked was in one of my actually favorite war movies after Full Metal Jacket was 
Platoon. And the character I picked from that was Sergeant Elias. Uh, his death scene was the most dramatic scenes, and I thought it would, he would be a good patient zero. Reasoning behind it is, if I infect him, he would turn it... And the zombies, actually, I picked were from the pack zombies and the, the swarmers from World War Z, or mm. the Max Brooks zombies. So... The reason why I picked this was the minute I infect him and he dies, he'll turn and he'll bite one of the pursuing NBA commandos and they will turn in 12 seconds as the lore goes. But I figured that because these, uh, that maybe there's a possibility that they would shoot down this patient zero, but because they were highly superstitious in that time, they would actually run away instead of shooting this <laughs> zombie down. This, would, this zombie would spread across the Vietnamese villages turning zombies one by one, and the plague would rapidly spread through Asia and throughout the world. And, and because, is this because the, the Asian population is a lot higher than everyone? That is one reason, too. Right. But the other reason being that there was a lot of political instability at the time. A lot of people were fighting each other to the point that they would not be able to recognize the threat ahead of them. And the medical scenario was not as developed as it was back then which means that it would take them a long time to recognize the virus, to recognize the issue, by which time the, the epidemic would have spread to the point that it would actually uh, consume half of the world, or at least three-quarters of the world. All right, uh, thanks for that. Uh, Paulo, what is yours? All right, my uh, death scene, I picked uh, the Kansas City Shuffle from Lucky Number Slevin. So, if you've ever seen that movie, there's a beginning, the very beginning of the movie, uh, there's a guy sitting in an airport, and he's, like, talking to Bruce Willis, and then Bruce Willis is explaining to him what the Kansas City shuffle is, and he's like, everyone looks left, you look right, and then he breaks the guy's neck, and then he puts the guy in a, in a wheelchair, and he wheels him off for who knows what, I won't spoil the movie, but basically, the guy is dead, the guy, I infect him with my zombie virus, which is the remake Dawn of the Dead zombie virus, which is basically you turn instantly, or if you're infected, you turn slowly over a few days. It takes a while to kill you. But then as soon as you turn, you are a fast zombie and only shooting you in the brain, destroying you in the brain. Destroying, jeez. <laughs> destroying the brain will kill you. So I'm thinking that guy, he's in the wheelchair, he turns around, he wakes up, he kills Bruce Willis. He's in an airport, he eats a bunch of people. It doesn't matter if airport security takes care of him, but he's eaten, a bu he's bitten, he's infected a bunch of people. They're going all across the world, and then those people eventually turn, and then the speed with which they move and bite people and infect everyone, there's no stopping that. Um, also, side... Uh, backup plan this guy slevin he's got two mob bosses looking for him so uh even if uh even if he doesn't get the first few people uh he's got a lot of america because he got a bunch he's got a bunch of hitmen coming to get this guy to not to kill him but to bring him to their boss and uh we all know that when you're trying to control the zombie not kill him uh he gets a lot of bites in so that's my secret Okay, so here's how this argument is going to go. I have four or five minute segments for each of you, and I am going to trademark this as the official zombie outbreak grading criteria. 
I'm calling it the 228-228 grading criteria, and I'm going to have you argue over how effective your, your zombie outbreak is at a certain time period. Two minutes, 28 minutes after outbreak, two days, 28 days after zombie outbreak. Wow. So the first five-minute segment here, and this is just going to be an open discussion, so go for it. Two minutes after outbreak, how effective is your scenario? Well, mine takes place in the... I forget when JFK passed away. Uh, <laughs> 1963, Dallas. The population oh, of Dallas was 68,000. Always counted Carson okay. to do his research. So 1963, hashtag facts. Yeah, hashtag facts. Uh, 1963, communication isn't as robust as it is now. Uh, or would be in, say, the Vietnam War or present day. Uh, and it, it, what was the other one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, so... I think I'm in a similar boat to Paulo in the sense that there's got to be a way for us to get off of uh, North America in order for us to be truly worldwide. Uh, however, I think that uh, ships uh, would be readily available <laughs> through ports that are available in Texas. Is this before uh, or after the Cuban Missile Crisis? This is after, after because he All was right. a part of the Cuban Missile Crisis okay. and then he passed. So, so uh, sure of that. Uh, coastal security is uh, an all-time high. Uh, not an all-time high. One could argue that it's higher now. I mean, at the time. Yes. Uh, yes. So that's... Also, I feel like this is, like, you know, a, a presidential so, so, parade. Sorry, just to get back to this, I'm thinking two minutes. This isn't, like, the whole... Yeah. Like, the immediate scenario, how many people are immediately oh, around JFK? Yes. Immediately around Slavic. Let me get to that. Around. Two days? I, I two minutes. Long. Two minutes. Two minutes. First two like, minutes? Immediate uh, vicinity. Okay. I feel like there's a lot of secret service. There's a lot of security around the president. I mean, it's the president. So they've never you seen You also this. got Harvey Oswald, who's a pretty good sniper. First of all, they've uh, never seen this. Yeah, okay? but it's, no it's one has Harvey any Oswald. idea. And immediately, four people are bitten. And they take off into the crowd. They start biting people. <laughs> rage they virus. They then turn right? around. Rage virus, exactly. They bite. They turn immediately. They bite someone else. Okay? Then slowly, not even slowly, within the first two minutes, I would say we're looking at. 300. <laughs> 300 zombies. There's 122 the people who witnessed the JFK assassination. That's the perimeter. Carson, that's the really his research. There was many, many other people on the parade route. I've looked at video. But the, the, the majority of people at the JFK assassination was near a Dallas airport, and it was like 50,000. So I think a lot of people were there. It wasn't so much at the later parts of his trip. Also, so, I think uh, there's, there's a few okay, hundred though. Okay, like there's okay. there's people. On top, of, people. on top of that, the uh, the secret service that were in the area and the security forces, they only have to shoot these people like in the body to put them down. They don't have to they, shoot them in the brain. That is not true. That is not true. The what? The rage virus. They're they're living humans. The rage, sure, but the they rage, don't go down from a single shot. Oh no, no, no not a single shot. But the yeah. rage virus, they don't have to be shot in the brain. They just have to be, like, their body has to be destroyed. I'm going to have to go back and watch this movie. <laughs> so basically, Rage Virus is they have the, uh, they can, they're so compelled to put themselves to the brink of what a human body is capable of, but they're still living humans, so anything that would kill a human being would kill these zombies. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I'll go ahead. So my death scene in zombification takes place at the time of the Vietnam War, and in this scene specifically... Elias is being chased down by NBA commandos. Um, when Elias turns, he's going to bite the commando next to him and came to expect his body. But these commandos are going to see something horrific. And being highly superstitious or 
at least to some extent, they would look at this monster and run away. This would give him the leeway time to take down these commanders one by one. These zombies would then spread around other villages that possibly were not commandos or guerrilla warriors, and they would turn because of the virus. I, I will also say here, there is a helicopter in the air with guns. There is the <laughs> World War Z zombie virus cannot reanimate dead people. It can only turn living people into zombies. So anyone who's been gunned down in the vicinity as a recently deceased corpse cannot be reanimated. And anyone who is alive has a gun because they're in the middle of a war. It's true, but it does, the, the, pro, the turning process takes 12 seconds. And we do know that when he dies, the, the helicopters are taking away. So, I mean, I don't want to get all in physics and motion here, <laughs> but the helicopters probably took away. We saw it happen in World War Z in, in uh, Israel. Exactly. So the, the helicopters probably took away by the time the, the turning process took place. And they, it is possible that he could have turned them one by one and to the point that it would become overwhelming. Yes, the, the commandos could have come together and realized that, oh, we could have taken this down. But by that time, there would have been too many people or too many infected to the point that it would be impossible for them to take it down. And because there were there are surrounding countries like Laos, which were oh, the same condition, <laughs> I did a bit of research. <laughs> the, the, the possibility of turning would be a lot higher. Okay, so I'm going to cut that off. Uh, we're going to fast forward to 28 minutes after. So JFK assassination, local police have swarmed into the scenario. Uh, Vietnam scenario, like surrounding platoons or whatever have surrounded in. Uh, lucky number 11, uh, people have, like surrounding uh, police forces have come into the airport. Uh, how is your zombie outbreak doing at the 28-minute park? Who are we starting with? Anyway, just go for it. Okay, well, I'm going to start because uh, I think even in the actual movie when... Uh, oh, shit, sorry. Uh, Bruce Willis kills the first... When he actually kills Slevin, no one knows. So there are actually no police forces. There's no... There's no initial response to this first death. He's carrying this guy in a wheelchair. So this guy in a wheelchair, he bites Bruce Willis? No one knows. He's a hitman. Like it, It's his job to make sure that no one knows that this guy is dead. So he bites Bruce Willis, whatever. He bites like other people. It doesn't even matter if other people, uh, if Bruce Willis like managed to somehow shoot this guy without uh, anyone noticing in an airport, mind you. Are they He's, in an airport okay, or are they have a bus terminal? They are in an airport. Okay, in an airport. if they are in an airport, that is the emptiest airport that's ever been, okay? The reason he can have someone murdered in that airport is because it's so darn empty. Time out. I have been in an airport that has been empty in a terminal because no one has there has been no plane that's boarding in that terminal, and no one is there mm -hmm. yet. So I've, I've slept in that area before. And that would not be a great place to infect people with a zombie yes, virus. but those terminals are very close to one another. So once so Bruce Willis... secure. Once Bruce Willis wheels this little... There's once, a lot of security in there. He, once he, once and he wheels... And they're not to let you look, out of areas. No, 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 time out. In an American airport, not a, lot, not a lot of people, surprisingly, have guns. On top of that... On top of that, in every zombie movie, the guys with guns don't think to shoot the infected person in the head yet. They really, they like shoot two in the body. Even John Wick, he's like two in the body, one in the head. <laughs> but it's two in the body first. And then after that, if the person's not dead, then maybe one in the head. But 
that gives that that infected person enough time to infect people. Like, you know how many people are in an airport? Not in that airport. Not in that airport. But Bruce, Bruce Bruce Willis is already also, like. Which wheeling. airport is this? What city? This is uh, I don't Chicago. <laughs> like, how far away is the airport from the rest of the city? What? Like, oh no! No, it doesn't away. matter. Like. Not even the rest of the city. Like he's infecting people that are going to across the world. Like, but okay, this plane is going to be in the air. You're thinking about it crossing a continent. Yes. Is the plane going to make it there, or is that zombie going to take over and kill everyone so, else on the way there, and the plane's going to crash? Dawn of the Dead, the remake. The girl that got bitten, who was pregnant, it took her a, it took her a very long time, more than the flight travel of a plane. To become infected because her baby got it's infected. Very much relying on somebody getting bitten, being like, "Oh, I'm okay. I'm just gonna get on a plane for it." Also, days. having to be pregnant. Okay, time out. How many times have you been on the plane and then it asks, like, "Do you have flu-like symptoms?" And you're like, "No, but you have like a cough or whatever." I think if I got <laughs> fucking bitten by a zombie, Not I'd be like, "Have I ever been wrong. asked if I have flu-like <laughs> symptoms on a plane?" What? That's Not what? Once. what? Not once. That's I mean, every time. I'll agree with, that. I'll agree with this. That? That's every oh shit! Did I just break the computer? No, 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 it's fine. Okay, no, every time, every what? time, I it, it's like that have you visited it. a farm? Have you like eaten fruit or oh, something oh, like that? Oh, <laughs> you just check the box and you go on. Yeah, no exactly. That's the thing. You check the box and you just walk right through the border. And you know how many people are on okay. that border? Somebody so, who's falling from the mouth fucking bit me. I'd be like, yo, there's a problem here. I'm sorry. So, Paul, <laughs> your entire global strategy relies on that. That scenario where a pregnant woman is bitten. Not just a pregnant woman. It has to be a pregnant woman. Because the the dawn of the dead zombies are running zombies, but it comes with the second they get bitten, they yes. don't turn until they die. They look very sick until they die. Yes. And then they crazy. Yes. No, exactly. Right. But they won't let you on the plane if you look very, very sick. Of course they will. Uh, once Not you're, once, zombies once you're in the terminal. Around. Once you're in the terminal already. Oh, I see. It's because they're in the terminal and the already in the happens, terminal. And they can't yes. yet adjust. Yes. Okay. Mm, look, I still think like it's can, modern, I, I can see spreading to other parts of the US, but spreading on an 8, 10 hour, <laughs> like 12 hour flight across to another continent, that's going to be tough. Even like, okay, Anyway, so we're talking about 28 minutes, 28 minutes. So let's focus on that. Cause we're going to talk about, yeah, like, sure. so you can't fly anywhere in 28 minutes. I can't even get through customs in 28 minutes. <laughs> so 28 minutes still in the airport. Okay. But even, okay. Think about, uh, the, uh, the security measures that you have to get to the pilot. Sorry. I'm cutting you off. Cause we've talked about all years and we have another oh. minute to talk about these guys too. So sorry, Vietnam and JFK assassination, 28 minutes after let's talk a little bit about that. So 28 minutes later, uh, there's a lot of death happening. And somebody mobilizes to try to take this down. But the problem is you have Vietnamese forces getting ready to fight. The U.S. realizes this. They're fighting the Vietnamese forces. The Russian forces realize this. They're fighting each other. And amidst all of this death and destruction, the zombies are, ta- are, are having their own fun time. You have a few zo- <laughs> Fun time. <laughs> yeah. You're having a few zombies that are dead, uh, but they're more and more being created. Not by the death, but because... People, uh, the, the forces are fighting amongst each other to focus on the real threat. So by 28 minutes, there's more spreading going on to the point that there's the, the infected are turning each other around the fringes of the countries. And JFK? 28 minutes, a thousand people infected. Can I attack at the same time? What? 
while these guys are I just want to talk like I want to talk about okay. about his or about his okay, we talked sorry. a lot about yours sure so, let's, let's so 28 minutes over a thousand people infected because they were infected in downtown Houston uh, Texas uh, they start spreading towards the coast again we're 28 minutes in and we're already starting to look at a footprint by which they're going to expand across the continental United States and into Mexico um, yeah 28 minutes in, I think we're over 1,000, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,000 people infected, just based on just the spread across the crowds that would have been present for the JFK assassination. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to the next segment, uh, two days later. So, same kind of scenario, two days later. Two days later, America is fucked. <laughs> Boom. So, two day, how far can a zombie travel in two days from your scenarios? So assuming that the biting eventually gets to the trains and the trains run automatically, <laughs> it's a little tough. It's a little tough. So, okay. okay, to be fair, two days later, they're probably not outside of the neighboring states of Texas because they're just looking for flesh. What big populations are near Dallas? Uh, Houston. So Houston, yeah. Uh, James Harden would cross them and like they would not know. Bite the shit going. out of James Harden and then all the tall people are getting bitten now. Uh, <laughs> James Harden was not alive in 1960. <laughs> That's true. And again, I chose 1962 because it's not like people are going to be like googling zombie outbreak. They're going to be relying on newspapers and like radio That's in fair. order to get that information. I thought you were to say you chose 1963 to avoid the James Harden situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, well, James, handily it does avoid the James Harden. James situation. Harden is an offensive force. All right. <laughs> yeah. The Globetrotters are fucked. <laughs> James Harden lives. Uh, no, I, I honestly, like, I don't think it's going to get outside of Texas within the first two days, but Texas is totally boned and covered in rage virus zombies, and all of the subsequent states are trying to close their borders, but that's not going to work so well, because again, they're rage virus zombies just looking to screw up whoever they can. Hmm. Not really consumed with flesh, just consumed with rage. Okay, yeah, let's go over to Vietnam here. Oh, I'll tell you, within two days, uh, the infection is spread out of... You got a map out. You got a map out. Preparation, yeah, okay? yeah. And it spread nice. out into Cambodia. Got and map to I completely thought that Vietnam was uh, like, it's an island. <laughs> so that's, this is smart. This actually gives me a visual. So by, by this time, the infection's already spread out to Laos. And it's even spreading out into Thailand. I mean, my geography. Laos was an island too. I'm a monster. I don't my, know anything racist. Infection spreading out. I just don't geographic, man. Come on, I can't even pronounce it. Anyways, by by two days, the, the infection is spreading out into the borders and is continuing to spread, despite the casualties and despite the killings of infected. The rate of the rate of turning infection is just. Exponential. I'm so pissed off that I didn't do an outbreak in Asia. <laughs> so pissed. I'm surprised everyone didn't do an outbreak in I, Asia. Also racist. What movie? Actually. It's population, it's fucking science. On the racism <laughs> front, how many movies are placed in Asia? But not Maybe not you need to watch more movies exactly. from Asia. Huh? Look, hey, okay. Train to Busan was like the best zombie movie, movie in Asia. Movie. And it didn't get very far. <laughs> it's the only Asian zombie movie. Okay. That's not true. Well, I saw this weird thing where like a Chinese dude was like hopping. 
That's uh, all. That's like all Asian. The, like that's the, that's the Chinese zombie. Yeah. yeah. Like they do this weird they hop thing weirdly, and like you have to get a little bit of someone's hair. I think you, you were like, walking most extreme elimination challenge. It, it has that. Vibe. <laughs> Why would it have that vibe? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna jump Don't right to 28 days later. Wait, I and because Paulo didn't, we're gonna talk about because I think what <laughs> we really want to know about the Paulo <laughs> scenario is 28 days later. Has the zombie virus been able to jump continents or not? Oh! Uh, but 28 days later for everyone, yeah. we're really talking, like, outside of your scenario, like, was it able to succeed where it was, but also has it spread to the rest of the world? Go ahead. Am, am I starting? Go ahead. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. 28 days later, totally, it's, it's a, not only has it spread within the U.S., it's in an airport, mind you. Look. How how long is a pregnancy term? That's nine oh months. My God, That's nine months, dude. Back. That's nine months. That's all I know about pregnancy. You don't know that for zombie pregnancy, dude. Done. <laughs> I've seen Daughter of the Dead. Hey, she was in that nursery uh, store for like a long time. Not nine months. The only reason she died is because that other girl shot her in the head. Daughter of the Dead took place over one month. One month. It doesn't take one month to fly from the U.S. to China. All right. Once you get to China... I want to know what it... Like, a plane with somebody infected, does it survive 12 hours? Yes. Okay. So, so many people get sick over planes. Oh, I threw up in the toilet. I got really sick. I vomited blood all over the person next to me. That's to fine. Be fair, okay, I did throw up and get real Look, gross back from Dom we got, the Dominican Republic. If you're talking about human nature... Like, they don't want other people to know that they're sick and they've gotten, like, they're throwing up blood and shit. Especially if they're traveling. They don't want that to interfere with their travel plans. They want, they're going on vacation. All right? So, I'm, I want to go to China. If I'm throwing up blood and I have, I'm, like, shitting blood, whatever. Like. <laughs> I don't recall the shitting blood part of <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm, whatever. I'm like, shitting blood. I don't well, care. I I'm going to have vacation. I'm going on vacation. No I, they don't pull off their pants so they can really show off that they're shitting. I want to see. I want to see the Great Wall of China. Okay, so like I'm gonna make it. If I was a pregnant woman recently <laughs> infected with the zombie. If virus. I'm traveling to China, I'm gonna make it to China. God damn it! All right, and that's where I. In, in, that's where I infect eighty percent of the population of the world. All right, so I'm not gonna lie, like Paulo, and talk about how I'm gonna get my virus off. of the American planes. I do recognize this is a flaw of my strategy. <laughs> I cannot move beyond America. There's no way for the rage virus to go across. There's not the same facility. The one question I have for you okay. is, do they get to South America? Huh? Do they absolutely. Get... Absolutely. What is, is the land... geography of South America that they make it past? They, they just walk down Mexico. <laughs> Does it go all the way? Yeah. Absolutely. But they can't get outside of that. They can't get outside of the Americas. I don't see any way for them to do that. The further north or south you go, there's diminishing returns because they're not going to be able to run through it. That's a big economic uh, center. Where? North America, South America. No, it's true. But I don't have the population of Asia. I have no way for my zombies to get... I love how we're all targeting Asia. Okay, so let's go to Asia. Let's talk about Vietnam 28 days after a zombie outbreak. Where have you spread to? So the spread keeps going throughout, at least throughout Asia by now. Not throughout the coastal regions, but more inland where it's connected. I think he mentioned Laos. And all the other countries as well. <laughs> the point is, it's spread through India to Pakistan. 
there's a lot of, I'm going to admit, there's going to be a lot of holdouts where there are armed people who are holding out, fighting the infected, killing the infected. It is wartime. Exactly. But the issue is they have not prepared for an incoming apocalypse. So they're going to starve out and they're going to run out of resources, by which time they will just die out and the infected will continue along your rampage. And by this time, I'm predicting that not only whole of Asia, but also it's starting to spread into Europe, in the fringes of Europe. Can I just say that I think that there are far better zombie <laughs> viruses that aren't represented in movies that I would have loved to have picked for like this. Like the voodoo zombie? Well, no, not necessarily the voodoo zombie, although that's a classic zombie and I love it. Uh, no, but like the, the zombie reflected in the actual Max Brooks mo- like books. Oh, like World War like, Z zombies. Yeah, the World War Z books. Yeah. I wish that that was the zombie that was reflected in the movies. It absolutely isn't. The zombie in the movies is like a high. I went by the rules of the books for the movie because it's close enough in the movie. It is not close enough in the movie. Come on. Unfortunately, so I went by the basic rules that it can't reanimate the dead, but it does have pack zombie abilities. Um, and that's in the movies. And that's in the movies. No, I'm not disagreeing with the the. I like that option. I just wish the classic Max <laughs> Brooks book zombie was available. Uh, I also wish the the similar to concept the Walking Dead uh, zombies. The idea that everyone that everyone is infected. Yeah, and the second that someone dead, but, they rise. Uh, oh. Too bad. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so deliberation time. Um, this is tough. Um, I think B-Ball with yours, I think you do have a good point that I think North America and South America are yours. I think mm. you get that. Yep. I don't think you're getting outside of that. But I agree. I think the, the rage virus, <laughs> the big weakness is that uh, they're, they're regular human beings, but I think like with the population of that area and the te- technology at the time, like it does spread. You do get all the region. Mm-hmm. Um, Vietnam, I think the big difficulty is everyone is armed in the area. Um, again, you're, you're doing with 1970s technology, 60s, 70s technology. So, uh, I, I think it does spread and being in Asia is a certain advantage because if you get the continent, you get eight, you get Africa, you get Europe, you get Asia. You like, get half the 75% more than half, of the yeah. world. So more than half there's a lot bigger population, but it's, it's really dependent on, does it escape that immediate scenario? Because you have, you know, a helicopter with guns on it. You have Viet Cong with guns and you have a lot of armed people in that area. You, uh, I would counter to that saying that you have a lot of armed people. But counter arguments are done, <laughs> goddammit! Uh, over to Apollos, I think <laughs> it's, very, it's a very big question of does this virus leap continents? I think you also have the, like, I think you have the potential to get all of North America and South America as well with the potential of leaving a continent. I'm taking you so, with me, Paulo. <laughs> for this reason, I would say, like, B-Ball versus Paulo, very similar. You both get North America, South America. But Damn! The possibility of getting where he is, he doesn't. Who's so faster? I am Who's actually going to give it to Paulo on oh. faster. Oh, my God! I because <laughs> they can also reanimate oh, the dead on, a little now. bit more than the rage virus can. Oh, I think the, the rage virus? The rage virus being actual humans, no. I think, is a difficulty. <laughs> They're not humans. They had to be starved out. <laughs> they do starve out, though. Yeah! But, ah, bring it back, though, and you pick World War Z zombies who have an infinite energy source. Mm-hmm. They can't reanimate the dead. I, but I feel like... being in Asia <laughs> with the World War Z zombies, uh, World War Z zombies, I think Nahal wins this category. Um, I don't think any of these 
takes the world, but I think uh, World War Z in Asia takes I think, the majority yeah. of the population. Yeah, I think so. he chose the right continent. Woo! I think he chose the right well, continent. Right continent, right I zombies virus. still feel right like continent. I beat Paulo. But, wait a second, wait, why I lost? Huh? No, I lost. Oh, yeah. okay. But I do really, really want to see JFK rage zombie. Right? <laughs> yeah. Honestly? Wait, wait, like, oh, time out, time out. Who won? Nahal won. Ah, oh, oh, goddammit! Yeah, yeah. I thought third. I won! I got third. <laughs> but I'm a spiritual winner because I made sure that the wet dream of every rockabilly band ever created was created. <laughs> I stopped listening after... Carson said I beat B <laughs> and I thought I yeah, won. No, no, you got but, second, hard second. Fuck. I, I do very much recommend <laughs> Zombiepedia as a as a website to go read about zombie viruses. I'm gonna it was actually very do that. way more information than I actually used while judging this. <laughs> awesome. But I would use more of that, but I didn't. I um, love zombie rules. Anyway, mm. thanks guys for coming. Uh, we're going to end off this episode as we usually do with what movie are you looking forward to coming out in the next month? Uh, Nihal, how about you start off first? Alright, so I'm going to go with a movie that I actually watched the previous version of, and I'm also looking forward to this. Not because it's a nostalgic, it is nostalgic, but more so it's going to be a stupid movie that I'm looking forward to just to pass the time. It's actually Jumanji, <laughs> the new <laughs> version. Um, some points of it, not too, not too happy about the fact that it's now a video game, um, but... I'm also the fact that the Jonas Brothers are... Uh, I, I like that it's a video game because it's like, it was a board game when board games made sense, <laughs> and now it's in a time when video games make sense, so it's like, eh, it's fine. It makes sense. I guess it caters to the, 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 the target, but I'm curious about if they stay true to the universe, if the game is actually reflected, but I'm also yeah, looking forward to the, the humor, the comedy. And just the interaction between the four characters. If they CGI face Robin Williams, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Oh, <laughs> I'll lose my shit. Um, I don't think they would go that far. They, they better not. They might. Honestly, really? in this day and age, well, And Robin Williams with a thick beard kind of looks like Bill Pullman with a thick beard. <laughs> kind of like... Which is it. also Nihal's audio clip. Yeah. It's all Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Ben, how about you for what's going on? Uh, okay, so it's the 20th anniversary and uh, Titanic coming back <laughs> to the theaters. Yeah. First bar. Uh, yeah, first bar. <laughs> That's what they should call it, right? It'd be like Rambo first, first Blood. It'd be like Titanic first boner. Titan boner. Yeah. I remember it came out. I was 14 years old. I went and saw it with my family. Uh, there was that classic scene where she's like, paint me like one of your French girls. She rips her top off. You can see it. Uh, and then I remember, <laughs> this is bullshit, but I totally did it. I don't know why. I turned to my mom because we went to see it as a family. I turned to my mom when that happens and I say, you know, there's a classy way to do something. And then I crossed my legs. I, I don't know. I don't know. I felt like I had to say something. I felt really awkward in that moment because I was like, you know, dick rising. Like, I really need to get away from there. Uh, but I said something, I'm like, oh, you know, there's a classy way to, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to reliving that moment now as an adult. I'm All right, Titanic. I'm just going to let it fly. Uh, I'll be in the theater with like half one, I guess. <laughs> right? Uh, Titanic, the remake, half one. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think it's going to be a good, good deal. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. Um, Paulo. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Um, uh, a murder on the Orient Express. I know it's already out. Um, I know absolutely nothing about even the original, but it looks interesting. Minus Johnny Depp. I don't like Johnny Depp for some reason. I don't know. Uh, for some random reason, I don't like Johnny Depp. But everyone else, uh, Daisy Ridley, Ray, Star Wars. Uh, everyone else, I like the movie Murder on the Orient Express. I have some knowledge of the original. It doesn't you, matter. You did the justification that you're watching this movie because of Daisy Ridley and Star Wars? No, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> Star Wars is coming out. No. I, obviously, I didn't want to pick Star Wars, but also I want to watch Star Wars. I'm watching it on my birthday. My birthday is December 19th. Uh, all you listeners out there, uh, come watch it with me. <laughs> also buying your presents. Huh? When is Star Wars coming out? Star Wars is coming out December 17th? Something like that. Whoa. I don't know. Is that the... No, December 15th. December 15th. You're waiting four days. Wow. Ah, whatever. Um, anyways, Murder on the Orient Express. I'm not waiting because it's already out. Uh, Carson, what are you waiting for? Uh, I've already seen Murder on the Orient Express, so I'm not waiting for that because it's a fucking <laughs> shit movie. Uh, <laughs> so, Have fun watching it, All bro. right, well, I'll just go shoot myself yeah, in the head. Asshole. I'm giving a shout-out to Oats Studios. So, Oats Studios is the brainchild of Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9. Nice. After a couple commercial failures, he decided, fuck it, I'm going to go make my own movie studio. And right now, what they are doing is there's a YouTube channel where they are making 20 to 30 minute uh, sci-fi short films with the hope of bringing enough buzz around them to get the funding for a full movie. And I've watched three or four of these so far that I think are actually pretty interesting for me as a sci-fi fan, like I really like what they're doing of like they're creating ideas with good special effects. Um, they released a trailer. They said they're going to release a new one called Lima soon, uh, but they have a few that they've released already called Adam and a Zygote and a few other ones, which are actually like really cool sci-fi ideas, 20, 30 minute movies. Um, I, I really recommend if you like sci-fi to check out Oat Studios. Uh, they're doing some really cool stuff right now. So All I'm right looking then. forward to Lima coming out, uh, their newest one. Now, hopefully that comes out with the next month. Uh, let's check it out. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, all right. Uh, B-Ball, Nihal, thanks for coming uh, by for this episode. Uh, I'm sure this thanks is way, yeah, thank you. way too long, but a, a really good Add time. That so. If you have made it this long, thank you as well. Yeah. Tune in the next time. Statistics show, <laughs> statistics show that one or two people are listening right now. So. Fantastic. <laughs> For that one person who's listening right now, thank you. And they're my mom. Our moms. Our moms. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you.